0: You don't have to have millions of dollars to benefit from the advice of a financial advisor. My husband and I not only have to make decisions about our own financial planning needs, but we also have to field questions from our kids who are now on their own. That's why I was excited to hear about the on-demand financial planning for absolutely everyone from Fearless Finance. Their business is built on making financial advice accessible and affordable. They make things easy to understand and keep the stress out of making investment choices. With Fearless Finance, you meet your planner virtually who will advise you on your financial journey. Are you paying back student loans, saving for your first house? Maybe you just want to make sure your finances are okay. You can ask all your questions and get answers, no judgment. You'll be charged an hourly rate, no long-term commitment, no minimum required. Visit fearlessfinance.com today. You can chat with a planner for free to make sure it's a good fit, and you'll get $50 off your first planning meeting when you use the code CLEAN. Welcome to A Slob Comes Clean, the podcast. I'm Dana White. I blog almost every day as Noni, which is short for anonymous, over at aslobcomesclean.com. That's where you're going to find my personal deslobification process. As I get my own home under control, I share the truth about cleaning and organizing methods that actually work in real life for real people. Even the ones who don't love cleaning and organizing, because the dirty little secret about most organizing advice is that it's written by organized people. And while that's great and I can learn something from them in general, my brain does not work the way that their brains do. And therefore I'm generally lost on page three. So Um, I share what works for me and a lot of other people find it works for them too. So if you uh, are not following me on Pinterest, I would love for you to follow me over there. And one of the reasons I'm pushing that is um, at the top of my Pinterest homepage, I guess it is, uh, I have a board of my videos and I have just put out a series of videos this week that I've had way too much fun creating and, um, I've gotten really good response from them. Basically I'm doing clutter guilt conversations, kind of like one that I did on the podcast last week. Um, but these are acted out and I got to wear my wigs and pull out props and all that kinds of, all that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, I had a lot of fun doing that, but anyway, so go over there and, uh, you can find the information for that, uh, Under the show notes for this podcast, it's number 40, podcast number 40, hard to believe. You can find the show notes linked on aslobcomesclean.com slash podcasts with an S. Uh, If it's not directly linked, go down to the bottom and click on see all my podcasts here and you will find it. Um, This podcast is about decluttering momentum, decluttering momentum. It's something that is really important that I didn't realize was really important until I started attacking my own home with a vengeance, decluttering like a crazy person for the past five years. Um, So I'm going to talk about that because it's a question that, it's an answer that I give every time I speak because one of the questions that I always received until I started to just go ahead and answer it every single time was, what do I do about the baby clothes, and the baby stuff, because I don't know if I'm going to have another child. That that was the question I would get every single time I spoke to a group of women. That was the big thing weighing on a lot of people's minds, and I totally understand that. I have been there. I kept every single thing between child number one and child number two. I didn't know if those were going to be boy or girl. We waited to find out with the first two because we just liked the surprise because there's so few surprises in life. Um, and we loved that and that was great. Um, but with my third had a feeling, didn't know, I guess we still don't know that, you know, that was going to be our last one. And I decided that, um, we, we decided together that we really wanted to find out if it was a boy or girl simply because, I didn't even want to have a moment after he was born of disappointment because I love my babies and I didn't want to have even a second of going, Oh, I'm never going to have a girl. You know? So I thought, well, if, if I'm going to have to go through that, which, you know, would be a small grieving process, I guess, cause I did want a girl so badly. Um, then I wanted to experience that and get over it and just be super excited about this baby boy coming. Well, it turns out it was a girl. So I was thrilled and I cried and the, sonogram technician was worried about me. She's like, are those good tears or bad tears? But anyway, that's a rabbit trail just to go through um to explain that I totally get it. I mean, I I get what it's like to not know and when you have no idea and you think, well, am I going to get rid of this stuff? First of all, the main answer to that question is that is so none of my business. I mean, that is between nobody but you and your family and God. I mean, really, I have nothing to do with that literally at all. Um but my point is that the main, okay. So the way I answer that question is don't start with that decision. And for you, it may not be that maybe you're at a different stage of life or you're not in that situation. Whatever decision comes into your brain first as the one you have to make right now, because you're inspired to declutter, um, but it just makes you think, I can't uh, what, what am I going to do? I don't know what to do? What if I make the wrong decision? Um, start with something else first. Don't start with that because what can happen, what would happen to me is I think of all the big huge things that I need to get rid of and I have to make a decision on, and it's some sort of a life changing changing decision that has to be made. Well, the truth was, that worrying over that decision was paralyzing me from doing any kind of decluttering. So when I started the huge crazy woman process of decluttering my home, which honestly started before I started the blog, I would say about a year before I just started getting rid of stuff. I was just done. I was so tired of my house being completely full of stuff. We have this game room that was a storage room and it's a huge, really nice room. I mean, honestly, it's the best room in this entire house. It's the room that makes me thankful for the home that I have. I mean, I'm thankful for all of it. But that room especially is the room that you I wouldn't have in another house. And I love it. It's like I have a living room where we can have our normal stuff. And then we have the game room with a half bath. And the kids were in there. But, y'all, we couldn't even get to that half bath for the first three years two to three years that we lived in this house, that was my eBay room. And it was full of junk. And it, I had a clothing rack that was completely stuffed full. I threw all my empty boxes that I had to save because who knew when I was going to need them to ship something for eBay when I was selling on there all the time. I would throw those back, those boxes back behind the, um, the clothing rack. And this was like a full size clothing rack that I was really excited to find at a, you know, a clothing store that was going out of business. Um, and it was just packed full of stuff. You couldn't use that room. It was just basically a path to the computer where I would work on my eBay stuff. There was nothing in there that was usable. I think maybe we had a daybed in there and that was technically our guest room. But you know, if we ever had a guest, then I had to shove everything over to the side and try to pretend like nobody saw it. Um, but we didn't even use the half bath in that room for several years and when you think about the value that's added to a home and the value we paid for to have a half bath in our home i mean really that's like my favorite feature of this house now with five people um yeah two and a half baths is like amazing. And I I seriously think, can I, uh, could I ever go back to two baths? Of course I could. I mean, come on, it's not that big of a deal. Some people don't even have one bathroom, but, um, but I love that feature of this house to me. That's one of my absolute favorite features. And we didn't even use it for several years. Okay. And I am not sure why I got off in this rabbit trail, but I did. And I am feeling really preachy right now. So let me get back to decluttering momentum. My point is I started getting stuff out of this house, and it took time, and by getting things out of my house by decluttering, I got better at decluttering. And as I got better at decluttering, then later on, I was ready to make those difficult decisions the th- the things that I knew I should part with, but I couldn't imagine how I could how I could do it. I didn't feel like I was strong enough. I didn't feel like I was um, ready. I, I just. I thought it was going to be too, too difficult. Well, over time, I got to the point where I was, have been able to get rid of some of those things. And my view of stuff, my view of space, my view of clutter has completely changed over the process of several years of working on decluttering. So I'm talking about decluttering momentum today. Um, Okay. decluttering often starts with that moment of sheer frustration. I talk a lot about when you get that itch to declutter and I've talked about the visibility rule in, pri- in previous uh, podcasts. Um, how when you get that itch to declutter, start with something that's visible first because if it's out in the open, uh, even though the tendency is to go declutter something that's closed up and can be reclosed so that it will actually stay clean and decluttered for a while because nobody ever uses it but instead to resist that urge and instead go with what's visible. What is an eyesore in here that I don't even see anymore. But then once I clean it up, then I do see that it's cleaned up because that's how things work. Um, you know, going ahead and, um, going with what is visible. Okay. So, but decluttering generally starts with that moment of sheer frustration of, I have got to get rid of some stuff and, and that brings energy with it. Okay. I, Compare it. I'm going to compare it a couple different times here to weight loss, which I'm working on. But um, you know, you have that moment where you say, "All right, this is ridiculous." You know, I've had different times in my life. Unfortunately, it's never taken for my whole entire life. But um, different times in my life where I said, "Okay, this is," you know, I didn't know it at the time, but this one change is what's going to set me on a path of doing, you know, what's right and and losing weight. Well, yes. Often it takes that, you know, maybe seeing a picture of yourself. That's what happened to me a couple of weeks ago. Um, a picture of yourself that you just think, Oh my word, I cannot, I've been totally delusional thinking that I looked halfway decent and now I see this picture, but, um, you know, that, that sets you in motion. Well, the beauty of decluttering is that you actually, you know, weight loss takes time. You are not going to lose weight by tomorrow. I mean, that, that just, doesn't happen. I mean maybe, you know, a teeny tiny percentage of a pound, but that's just not how weight loss works. But decluttering actually can work that way. I mean, you can decide right now, I'm going to go get rid of an entire shelf full of junk in my garage and you could just load up that shelf into your truck and haul it off and take it somewhere to donate it and you're done. I mean, it can actually be gone in 24 hours and like weight. But um, even though that's possible, most of us, it, it's harder than that. Okay. Kind of like losing weight, you know, but it's, it's more similar, but I mean, it's more difficult than just, okay, well, I'm going to take this stuff. Look, there's a bunch of stuff over there. I'm going to pick it up and I'm going to put it in a box and I'm going to take it away. You know, we feel like we have to go through it and we have to make decisions on it. Um, and in the beginning, it can be overwhelming and it's too much and it turns into, decluttering paralysis which we talked about in um I think it was last week's podcast I am so excited to be working outdoors in my garden again. Fresh air and sunshine really do affect my mood. I'd rather spend more time outside and less time inside making dinner. That's why I love using PrepDish. It helps me get our meals planned and prepped for the week. I receive a weekly meal plan in my inbox every Friday that fits my family's eating style. There are four to choose from. Each comes complete with recipes, a grocery list, and a detailed plan that walks me through a short prep session and sets me up for success for the coming week. Prep Dishes step by step meal prep plan only takes about an hour of prep each week, which I can work into my routine pretty easily. I can then get healthy homemade meals onto the table incredibly quickly throughout the week because the prep work is already done. If you're ready to free up some brain space, I've got great news for you. I got you two weeks free so you can try out the prep dish meal plans for yourself and see if they're a good fit for your family. Just go to prepdish.com slash a slob comes clean for a two week free trial. Again, that's prepdish.com slash clean for your first two weeks free. You won't regret it. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. For those who've been listening for a while, you may have heard me talk about how time is a container. It's a finite thing. And if I try to squeeze too much into the time that I have available, I get stressed and anxious. Therapy can be a place to talk through realistic priorities and goals, helping you deal with stress and anxiety when your days feel overwhelming. It's been great for me to talk through setting boundaries and improving coping skills with a therapist. BetterHelp is entirely online. That makes scheduling convenient and flexible. To get started, you just have to fill out a brief questionnaire that will match you with a licensed therapist. If needed, you can even switch therapists at any time for no additional chart. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com clean today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com clean. Um so with that paralysis the best way to fight against that as i've said before is start with the easy stuff start with trash start with donations which is donations that you have been meaning to make for a really long time like perhaps you have i don't know and i'm you know just hypothetically not talking about my own house at all right now yes i am um maybe you have a stack of clothes on the dryer of things that you've pulled out of the dryer as you're doing laundry and went ahead and stacked it right there. Cause you said, you know what, this is too small or, um, you know, my kid never wears this anymore or whatever, you know, I'm going to go ahead and donate this. So you make the stack and it's like, it's just sitting there and you know what it is, but you haven't done it. And so it's an eyesore and it's part of the thing that's contributing to that overall overwhelmed feeling. So start with what's easy, the donations, things that are duh. Of course I was going to donate that go ahead and donate it. Um, then over time uh putting the container concept into action. Uh I have other podcasts on the container concept. The container concept in short, in case this is your first one to listen to, is um realizing and accepting that there are containers in your house even if you haven't gone to the store and purchased containers. In fact, I'm not a fan of going to the store and purchasing containers until you have finished decluttering. Okay. And that partly goes with the whole, I'm just going to declutter. I'm not going to organize. Just decluttering means I don't have to make decisions about how I'm going to live my life from now on through eternity. I am just going to get rid of the things that we don't need. Okay. Um, so doing that, then later figuring out what kinds of containers might help you to keep things more organized, but initially just worry about decluttering. But with that, realizing that there are my house, I have to view my home as a container. It is a container. Every shelf that I have, um, if I have bookshelves in my home, those bookshelves determine the number of books that we can keep, because the number of books that we can keep are the number of books that fit on the shelf where I used to think, okay, well, if it doesn't fit, then I guess I have to stack it on top of the books that are on the shelf. And then I have to like make a little wooden box and, um, you know, fill it up with all the books that wouldn't fit on the shelf. And then, oh, that one doesn't fit. Okay. Well, I'm going to get another box and I'm going to put it next to the shelf of all the other books that wouldn't fit. Um, instead for me to start viewing my home as my natural limitation as, okay, these are the bookshelves I have that determines how many books I can keep. I can justify having this shelf in my kitchen for cookbooks. So that's how many cookbooks I can have. If I have more than that, then I don't have a place to put them because that shelf arbitrarily determined how many books, cookbooks I can keep and my kitchen not be a disaster. Um, As I start to go through those things, as I started to, you know, figure out these things, you know, the container concept is something that a lot of people, I think most organized people are born knowing. I mean, that just is so obvious to them that I think there are some who maybe don't even know that it needs to be explained to people like me, which is why when I had heard that concept before I had nodded, uh-huh, oh yeah, I had no clue what they were talking about. It. I had to figure out exactly what that meant. This whole, you know, you only have so much room on your shelf and that determines how much stuff you have. That did not make any sense to me until I lived it, until I figured it out, um, But as I started working on my home, you know, getting, getting rid of the obvious stuff, the trash and the donations, and then starting to view the spaces that I did have as containers. um, Then I started to stop bringing new things into my home. Okay. Um, It's again, comparing it to weight loss, weight loss doesn't last unless you maintain and you keep this maintaining going on. Well, I think I always thought before I started this process that I could declutter my home once and for all. And then I just had to clean it. You know, they were kind of, and they are separate things, but I never thought about decluttering as being an ongoing process. I thought there was a once and for all decluttering, which is one of the reasons why I would get discouraged because I would declutter something. And then a year later, you couldn't tell that I had ever decluttered that. And so I saw that as a failure the last time I did it. Well, obviously it didn't work last time. And that was partly because I was thinking I was decluttering and organizing and then it would get cluttered again and I would have to redo it. And I would think, well, what's the point of doing this? But the truth is it's an ongoing process. It's a lifestyle change. It's a mentality change for me. I started changing how I bring stuff into my home. And part of that was realizing that I have a clutter threshold. I can't handle more than a certain amount of stuff. Okay. And this is where it's different for every single person. Everybody has a certain amount of stuff where when I have more stuff than this, it gets out of control. And I've shared this example before, but my mother has a very different clutter threshold. I mean, hers is so much higher than mine. And when I say that, I don't want people to think that her home is cluttered because it's not, it's always under control. I never, Other than like a random crazy, crazy time of life. I don't remember our house being messy or whatever at all. But she has a lot of stuff. But she is able to keep it all organized. So she likes to have everything she could need for any situation. Which is great for her because she knows where it all is. And it's all neatly put away. And it all goes back to its home. And there's no um, explosion that happens like it does in my house. I personally can't have everything I could ever need for any situation because when the situation came along, I would never find it because I can't keep it organized and put together. I can't remember where things are, whatever. So it's better for me personally and my personality to just have less stuff. So through that process of decluttering, I started to accept that my home was my container, this was where I was living. So that determined how much stuff I could have, not, oh, maybe I'll need this some, at some other point when I might have a different house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's not a fun way to live. I know from experience. Um, but I also accepted my clutter threshold and I started changing what I brought into my house and significantly, um, slowing that down, slowing the flow of clutter into my house or the, even the flow of stuff, because it can seem like it's stuff when it comes in. But if it's too much, then it turns into clutter. Okay. Um, I began to view stuff differently. I began to view my possessions differently. And I started to understand the beauty in open space, the beauty in something not being there. I don't think I ever had this unhealthy, like, I've got to fill up every corner of everything. But every corner of everything was filled up because I thought, oh, this is neat. This is neat. This is neat. But as I had less stuff and more open space, then I started to actually appreciate certain items for what they were. I've told the story about not knowing that I had a favorite coffee cup. I had no idea that a certain coffee cup was my favorite. Now, this is where habits come in. But as I started to do the dishes consistently to where they were, you know, always clean instead of always dirty, I realized over time that I always grabbed the same coffee cup. And because I always grabbed the same coffee cup, it freed me up to say, oh, well, since I now know that I like this one better, because, you know, it's clean, and I noticed that I always go to it. um, Then I don't have that same emotional attachment to those other ones. I used to feel like I needed all of those because I never knew when I was going to have to, you know, hand wash one to be able to drink my coffee that morning because they were all dirty. But once I felt that confidence and that momentum of, okay, my house is more under control. Well, then I was able to say, oh yeah, well, I love this one, which then shows me that I don't really like these. So then I got rid of those and I loved the open space because that made putting my favorite one back away much easier. It also meant that it kept me on that routine of doing the dishes because I didn't have a million dishes to fall back on because I used to have so many because I just kept buying more and more and more all the time. Uh, thinking that I didn't have enough, when in reality, by buying more, that let me go longer without doing the dishes. And when I went longer without doing the dishes, then it was that much more of an overwhelming task once I finally did get back to it. Okay. So starting to view my stuff differently, starting to view free and open space differently, um, starting to experience that it's possible to live without bumping into things all the time. I'm still a bumper. I mean, I, I still bump things quite a bit. You know, I'm just, just how I am. Um, however, it's easier to live in a space where you can just walk across the floor. I have memories of that for my master bedroom. Currently um, that's not the case, but I know that when I get my master bedroom decluttered, you know, and then it always gets cluttered again, cause that's how I roll. But when I do, the main thing that I love about it is that I could just walk to the bathroom in the middle of the night and not, you know, shift shift my feet, you know, kind of in that little circular pattern to make sure that I'm not about to run into something. You know, it, it's just easier. It's easier to live in a place where you don't bump into stuff or you don't have to step over things all the time. Living is easier. So I started to love space, I started to dislike clutter, and that was when I began to realize that I was living a lifestyle of decluttering. There's um a series that i wrote a couple years ago in october i shared over the last few times you know excuses and excuses that i had experienced um and tried to work through in a october 31 days series that i did maybe 2 years ago so i guess 3 years ago i did um did one on 31 days of details so i just kind of looked at that as i was trying to think of something to do a podcast about and i uh ran across one that made me start thinking about this and that was uh, a spoon rest that I had. It was this pretty blue spoon rest. I love cobalt blue. Don't tell me that it's out of style. I don't want to hear it. Um, I don't think it, I don't know. I don't even care. Whatever. Um, but I, that, you know, that was the color of a lot of the stuff that I registered for when I got married and I had this blue spoon rest and it was ceramic. And the idea of a spoon rest is greatness. I mean, really it's, it's just, Great. Except that the problem was, um, I rarely ever remembered that I has, had a spoon rest. And so it just sat there and in the kitchen, things don't just get dusty. They kind of get that little filmy dusty where it can't just be quickly rinsed off or whatever. Um, so I, I was cooking one day and I needed to rest my spoon on something. Well, I remembered that I had the spoon rest, you know, right there in front of me, that I was constantly being moved around to get it out of the way of whatever it was that I was doing. I saw that spoon rest and I thought, oh yeah, the spoon rest, but it's dirty because it had that filmy dust on it. And so I couldn't use it. And I thought, you know, this is what happens to me all the time. Once I finally notice it, it's got that filmy dust on it, and I won't use it. And so then I stick it in the dishwasher, and then I f- get it out, put it back where it was, shuffle it around all the time to be able to work around it, forget that I have it, and then remember that I have it, and it has filmy dust on it again. And the circle starts; the cycle starts over. And I realized I really don't use this item. And I decluttered it right then. And that was a mental shift for me to realize... That I didn't have to be in the middle of a decluttering project to declutter something. And that's when I realized that our family as a whole was starting to develop a lifestyle of decluttering. I think normal people would probably just call it getting rid of stuff when you realize you don't need it. But for me, it's decluttering. That's what it is. But for some reason, I tend to think, oh, well, you know someday when I declutter my kitchen, I'm going to need to get rid of that instead of just getting rid of it right now, which is one of the reasons why I have a donate box in my um, game room by the door. That is where we all know, oh, that shirt's too small. Go stick it in the donate box. Oh, um, I don't know, whatever it is that we, you know, uh, you don't like that toy? No, I've really never liked it. We'll go put it in the donate box right now. Everybody knows where it is. I don't have to do it. We all know that's a thing. And we know that that's where stuff goes. Sometimes, occasionally, not that often, I will find things that my kids just put in there on their own, because they realize, oh, I don't need this. So they go stick it in the donate box. Um, So it's starting to let decluttering be normal, and not something angsty and upsetting and daunting and overwhelming. Um, other things, you know, through that is just, I've, it's helped me make little decisions that, um, keep clutter from coming into my house, small things. Uh, like I don't keep gift cards once they're used up. I don't even know why they ask, but they do. A lot of times we'll ask you, do you want to keep this gift card even though it's empty? I don't know it. Target or wherever. I mean, it's not like I get millions of gift cards, but that's just kind of our world right now is you have gift cards. And so they ask you, do you want to just, do you want to keep this gift card, even though there's nothing on it? I used to say yes. Why? Because it was mine and I'll decide later what I want to do with it. But what happens when I stick a gift card in my purse that doesn't actually have anything on it? Well, then I look at it, every time I open my purse or whenever. And I think, Oh yeah, I've got that Sonic gift card. Oh, cool. Wait, is there anything on that? I'm going to have to call and check that and see if there's anything on it. And it just is this long process of gonna have tos and Oh, should and all that. And if I would just say no, you can keep it when they ask me if I want my gift card back, that's one less little clutter item, which ultimately becomes a stress item because it's something I don't know and can't remember. And I think, oh, I need to do that. It's on my to-do list now to figure out what this gift card balance is. Um, Another thing I don't keep, I don't keep gift tissue. I do keep gift bags. I will tell you for sure that if you ever get a present from me, it's probably in a um, recycled gift bag, gift bag. I don't know why I'm saying gift bag, but anyway, gift bag. Uh, but I don't keep the tissue. I used to, but then I started to realize that okay, while I can keep the bag looking pretty good, when the tissue is all completely crinkled, it's pretty clearly obvious that the tissue is um, reused. And the other thing is I have such bad allergies and that tissue just attracts dust. And I used it one time for something and just realized that dust was flying everywhere as I, um, you know, was dealing with that old tissue. And I thought, okay, well, I'm not going to, I'm not going to reuse gift tissue, but that's one less thing that I have to worry about. I mean, do you know how much less time it takes to fold up a bunch of gift bags than it does to fold up gift bags and also try to flatten and stack and fold neatly all the gift tissue that was wadded up in there before. Okay. That eases my life and lets me know, you know what? I don't do that because I can't handle it. All right. I'm not the person who's going to make sure that that stays perfect. And boy, I'm sure not going to iron it. Okay. Um, Another thing that I don't keep, and actually my husband, and I learned this the hard way a really long time ago, but we don't get receipts when we get gas, even though, I feel like I should, like, I still sometimes feel like, well, I think I should probably get a receipt just so I have a record of this. But the reason we actually don't is that, um, we had a, it it was years ago. So I'm surely none of them do this anymore, but this little, um, gas station left, it printed out the whole number for your credit card and the whole, um, expiration date, and we, I, I'm sure it was me, had um, said, yes, I wanted the receipt and then forgot to tear it off and our credit card was stolen. So um, since then we just quit doing that. We quit, we started saying, no, we don't want the gas receipt. I mean, there are people who write all that stuff down and keep track of it. And that is so awesome for them. It doesn't happen in my house and I've accepted that. And so We just don't get the gas receipts. And that's that much less paper that we're wasting. It's also that much less paper watered up in the bottom of my purse. So even though there's plenty of paper watered up in the bottom of my purse, there could be more if I kept my gas receipts, okay? Um, And part of that is just me realizing that I am not capable of handling all those things that maybe once upon a time I imagined that I was going to be the person to write down the gas details to figure out mileage and whatever yeah that i've realized that's not going to happen i'm 40 i never did it before i'm sure i'm never going to do it again so i'm just not even going to bring those things into my life
1: subtle results still you but with fewer lines botox cosmetic out botulinum toxin a is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines crow's feet and forehead lines look better in adults
2: Gravis or Lambert-Eden syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300.
1: See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com. Um,
0: okay, so we go back to the baby clothes question. The baby clothes question is the biggest emotional thing that you feel pressing upon you that you have to make this decision about decluttering it. Don't start with that. That's the whole point of this. Let yourself build momentum. Get rid of the stuff that's obvious and easy and has absolutely no emotional attachment first. Then tackle some stuff that once you think about it, you realize, oh, oh no, I don't care about that. And so you get rid of it. And then you start to experience the benefits of decluttering. And the open space, and how much easier it is to live in a home like that. And then you start to see other things that you think, wow, well, if I like it so much better having more space on my bookshelf, then what else could I get rid of? And it's just a mind shift that naturally happens as you let yourself build decluttering momentum. I know because that's what's happened to me. And now I'm pretty much heartless. Okay. It has to be really significantly sentimental for me to want to keep it because I partly I just love having less stuff, but I also view things now that I used to think, Oh, I wonder what I could do with that. Now I think of it as, Oh, I bet you that would become clutter and I'm scared of it. And so I don't want it in my house. Um, and we're better off for it. Not that we're perfect. Oh my word. Not that we're perfect, but, uh, it's much better and much improved just simply having less stuff. So that's my encouragement is just to let yourself build momentum by not starting with what's difficult first. Don't try to make those difficult decisions. Go ahead and do things that are easy and don't require any kind of emotional drama within you. Um, again, if you want to go find the show notes for this, podcast number 40 at aslobcomesclean.com slash podcasts. Uh, find me on all my social media channels at aslobcomesclean.com slash connect. That's where you'll find my Pinterest page, which at the top of my Pinterest page, which is, I think, Pinterest.com slash Noni Loves, and it's comes cleancom slash Noni, I'm sorry, Pinterest.com slash Noni Loves uh, is where you're going to find my Pinterest. I'd love for you to follow me there, and uh, you can find the video board where you can see the videos that I've posted this week, which I had way too much fun with, um. But thanks so much for joining me and I will see you next week. Bye.